Hi, Sue. Hey, Darcy. <laughs> How have you been? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's yeah. A, that's a loaded question. I know, right? I mean, yeah, we're going to get into it, but. I mean, we don't have any, like, yeah, we'll get into it. (laughs) (laughs) But we do have a ton to catch up on. And I mean, I'm really excited to start this season. Yeah, I think it's exactly what you and I need is to get back in the swing of things with our podcast because it does bring us both a lot of joy and we love connecting with our listeners and we're so thankful for everybody that does listen and finds this content helpful. Um, and I've had a few people ask me, you know, when is season two starting? So I'm excited Same. that things have settled, settled down enough in my world, at least, that yeah. I'm able to, you know, invest a little bit of time in this and I've got a new routine going. So right. we finally have carved out time and carved out some content and we're ready to roll. Yeah. I mean, so this episode, we kind of just want to catch everyone up on like what we've been up to since it, it's been a long hiatus. Like I think our last episode was recorded, what, like the beginning of February, was it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It was right before Valentine's Day, I feel like. Yeah, um, so it was like the so first been, weekend, I think, of February. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's been two and a half months. So. Holy crap. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But a <laughs> lot shit. has gone down. I mean, um, it was actually because I after we got together and went ice fishing. Um, right. Then you and I the following weekend went down to Florida. Right. Oh, right. And that would have been right. Super Bowl weekend, which was February 7th. So it was like end of January almost was our last. Right. Recording, yeah. Because so. we went to go see our other first wife friend and yeah. celebrate her birthday. Yeah, it was her birthday. We had such a good time. We went to Key West. Yeah. In the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Did I tell you about my fucking plane ride? So this is my first plane ride. And I think it was yours, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. My only. My first and only since all of this. Yeah. And you and I used to be, like, frequent flyers for our jobs. Yeah. We we flew, like, at least. Well, I I flew at least twice a month. Minimum. Um, Yeah. And then we did. We haven't flown since, you know, lockdown and everything was shut down. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was a really important birthday. It was a huge milestone for our friend. So we wanted to be there for her. And I was like, okay, well, I wanted to drive down. And then I realized it was like an 18, 19 hour drive. And I'm like, oh, like I'm going to have to break that up into two days. And then I'm going to have to take more time off than I really need to. So I was right. like, you know what? Let me just fly. I've heard from other people that. They were flying and it was pretty safe and people felt pretty okay with doing it. And I think the chances of catching it, catching COVID on an airplane was like very low is, right. is what they say. Who knows? It's right? what the science says. Yeah. It's yeah. What the sci- that's what they, it's what they say. The proverbial they. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means. The all-knowing uh, they. <laughs> yeah. And my flight was okay. Like I flew Delta. So like. They were still, I don't know what it's like now, because I'm not necessarily in a hurry to fly again, but they No, were they opened still... it up now. Yeah, I, okay. think, I think April was like the cutoff, and I think now Delta is going to open up the middle seats, but I flew JetBlue, and they had already opened up the middle seats, but luckily, oh like, flying, I was fine, because the the woman that was in my row, her sister was to come um, sit with sit with her, but then I guess she bailed last minute, so then I we ended up having an empty seat between us, and she- oh. Yeah, she wore a mask, she wore a face shield, and, like, she was, like, extra, and so was I. But then, yeah. in in the same row, like, across the aisle, this man had, had a seizure, and I had no fucking clue what was going on because I had my headphones in, I was, like, listening to music, just zoning out and <laughs> trying to, like, focus so that I didn't, like, freak out from anxiety. And I just see, like, a bunch of people getting up, and then people were, like, taking off their masks, and I was like, what the fuck is going on and I'm like why yeah. can't people just like keep their shit on and yeah I, I'm like getting angry and I like took off my headphone and I look over and this woman is like frantic and it was her husband so she's like freaking out because her husband's like convulsing in a seat and like foaming at the mouth and I look over and I'm like holy fuck this man is dying and luckily there were nurses like thank god for nurses and like honestly nurses don't get enough credit but they no, all four of them got up and they were all there to like, you know, help him and 
I don't know, they they had like an oxygen tank that they rushed over and then they laid him down on this on, on all three of the seats. And uh, when he finally came to, he had no idea that he had been in a seizure. And oh, my God. Yeah. And at first they thought he was having a stroke because it took him a while to come to. And I was like, holy fuck, they're going to have to do an emergency landing. And I was like, oh, my God, like, what does this mean? Like, I and I was like, everyone's exposed because like no one's wearing a fucking mask at this point. And I'm like freaking out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I remember because you were like texting us through it because you had the Wi-Fi options to text everybody. And we're just we're just like, oh, my God, like, are you going to do an emergency landing? I'm like in my selfish millennial millennial brain. I'm like, is she even going to make it to Florida? (laughs) (laughs) She better make it to Florida. I was just worried because like I didn't want to get like exposed and then expose you and, you know, our other friend and like potential other people that I might have come in contact with. But luckily we were all safe and like I, you know, kept everything on. I like you know, stayed in my seat. I didn't move. And it's only Mm -hmm. like a three hour flight. So I was like, I'm just going to stay put and hope for the best. Yeah. Well, and that just made me think of like my scare because I think we recorded before I had my scare that week when you came to visit. Oh, right. Right. This is going to end up being like an episode all about COVID scares. But like, (laughs) sorry, guys, bear with us. (laughs) Um, But I was I had so you were coming to visit I'd right. be really careful and like the whole reason that you guys were okay with coming to visit us was because you know you knew we'd been careful I was okay with you guys coming because I knew how careful you and your boyfriend had been right and um anyway so like the Monday before you came to visit my one of my very best friends who has also been like incredibly careful mm-hmm. um, called me and needed a ride home from work she doesn't drive and um, she works in like an optometry office and I've actually gone there to get my eyes checked since all this started and I know how careful they've been been being and basically she's just been in this office at work or at home right. and that's it and Anyway, so I gave her a ride home, didn't think anything of it because we had spent time together already because we were kind of within each other's bubble, we treated it like, and gave her a ride home from work. And then you and me and our boyfriends a few days later are on the road up north to go ice fishing. And I get a text from her that I need to go get tested because she just tested positive. Oh, And I yeah. was like freaking out. It kind of like... I don't, I don't want to say it ruined our little ice fishing trip. It did But yeah. for me, it definitely, like, impacted my enjoyment of that week because I was so worried. And just so everybody knows, I didn't end up getting it. Um, it didn't end up being really counted as an exposure because she wasn't symptomatic within 48 hours of our time being together. Right. And apparently that's, like, an interesting caveat that if, if someone is positive and shows symptoms, they're really only symptomatic the 48 hours leading up to their first sign of symptoms. So like I barely just missed it and I did get tested and I was negative. So, right. Um, yeah. But that but was I remember like a super you were close like call. So stressed out like that morning I, you were like yeah. pacing and like, I felt your anxiety and no, I, I mean, it's fucking scary. And I just don't understand why people are taking it so lightly still. And I understand yeah. that like now the vaccines are rolling out and you know, there's that whole other thing to unpack about fucking anti-vaxxers and shit. And <laughs> I just, like, I don't think, I don't think our audience is, is, I don't think that anyone that listens to us is probably an anti-vaxxer. And if they are, then, yo, you know get what? your you shit to, together. Like, yeah. Yeah. You just need to like, learn science. Bother. Yeah. Become <laughs> like, a scientist. <laughs> Become a scientist. Like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. But yeah, I mean, I remember I was I was having basically a panic attack because Yeah. I it wasn't so much that I was scared for myself. It was, you know, I'd been in the car with three people that I care very deeply about for an hour and a half with no masks on because we just considered each other a bubble, you know, and here I am I could possibly have exposed all of us. So, thank God it all worked out. None of us got COVID. I'm now yeah. vaccinated. I know. Congratulations. I'm super stoked about that. And there's kind of a, a good story behind that one, which maybe we'll get to. 
Yeah. Because it, it was like a black market, like, under the table. Not really. Not really, like, though. Yeah. No. It was, like, perfectly <laughs> legal and perfectly normal, but also kind of black market and <laughs> <under> the table. <laughs> well, I have my first shot scheduled this Wednesday. And I'm, Yay! I'm nervous. Like, I'm nervous because, like, you know, with the amount of travel that I've done pre-COVID, you know, just for work and personal life. Um, I used to get sick pretty often, but like I never, you know, I just don't know if I had it or not. And, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's saying across the board that if you've had it or if you have any COVID virus like living inside of you, um, you know, the reactions to the vaccines are much more severe than those who have it. So I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to react and I'm scheduled to work, but I, you know, they're, they're pretty flexible about, you know, taking time off, but I'm just worried. I'm like, yeah. I... I'm a big fat baby when it comes to like fevers <laughs> so and like body aches and chills. And yeah, yeah, I was super scared too. I never really got super sick. Like I got with the second one, which I got last week. I um, I definitely experienced like f- pretty significant fatigue and body aches, but like never had a fever. Thank God. Because when okay. I get a fever, I, I do. I turn into a total baby. I'm like, right? I love my mom. I want somebody to bring me some orange juice. Like, right. I want somebody to come, like, stroke my hair and tell me it's going to be okay. Exactly. And my mom's not here with me, so I hope I don't get that sick. And I didn't. So that was Yeah. Good. And then they say two weeks and you're, like, not necessarily, like, completely in the clear. But I'm excited because the boyfriend and I are going to go um, down to Nebraska for Mother's Day weekend right after the two-week mark. And oh, go visit my mom. And, like... My mom's been vaccinated, my aunt and my cousins, like everybody's been vaccinated oh, down good. there. So I'm like, I feel pretty safe, like going and hanging out with everybody. I, I'm excited to like see my family and like not have to like, you know, stand across the house from them and yell at them. <laughs> <laughs> but also like not be as as anxious. Like I feel like yeah. our anxiety yeah. has been heightened since everything. I know mine I has agree. like. I don't know. I mean, you and I have talked about it, about like how we've been mm-hmm. feeling lately, but yeah. I just, I feel like I've lost a lot of faith in humanity and I don't know if I can get that back given mm-hmm. everything that's been kind of going on this past year. Um, yeah. I've been kind of spiraling, you know, it's weird because like I'm still with my guy, the same guy that I took ice fishing to to see yeah. you yeah and, yeah. and things, he's amazing he's amazing and things are going really well and he also listens to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> i just found out like a couple of weeks ago oh my god mine still doesn't listen i don't think i don't think he even knows how to listen to a podcast to be honest <laughs> and we're gonna leave it that way <laughs> You're like, I'm not going to show him because, you know, no. it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Nope. It's totally fine. Yeah. He's like, here, here's my phone. Um, Put on some music like in the car and I'm looking to see, you know, like I'm just searching from like recent, like played, recently played whatever. And uh-huh. <laughs> recently played was her podcast. So I was like, oh, my I was like, God. you've been listening. And he's like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> busted. <laughs> Oh, my God. That's so funny. Has he told you what he thinks of it? He has not. But um, I think a few weeks before that, he had he was just like, I feel like you you guys probably have a really good thing going. You should keep going and keep the momentum. So, oh, that's good. He's supportive. Yeah, I think he did listen to it then. And he was just like, oh, this is good. Like, you guys should really put more content out. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I think if either one of us was was with someone that wasn't supportive, we'd be like, okay, bye. Right. <laughs> like, that's the first, like, that's a huge red flag. If you're not supportive of something that I, that's important to me, then you can go away. Right. Like, I mean, this is our, this is our hobby, I guess, or our yeah. passion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love doing this. And yeah, if I didn't, I mean, granted, I am like locked in a closet. <laughs> off of the right. bedroom because you you move well that's i no longer why... have a great big house all to myself anymore i am now right. sharing a much smaller square footage townhome with my boyfriend Yay! and 50 percent of the time his four children right 
Yeah, so that's, that's why a whole we took thing. this hiatus and you yeah. took time to like pack and you know, you mm-hmm. lived in this home and you lived on your own for quite some time. And you have mm-hmm. accumulated a lot of stuff, like, obviously over the years yeah. from moving from place to place. But you kind of, like, made Minneapolis, like, your home. And you stayed there the, yeah. the longest, I think, right? Out of Yeah. I actually yeah. lived in that house for almost four full years, which is the longest. I mean, already, if I hit four years, which is happening in June, this will be the longest that I've lived in one city wow. ever since I, like, got promoted for the first time out of South Dakota, like... And actually, this September will be 10 years ago that I got um, that first promotion and left my hometown. So, yeah, yeah, kind of crazy. And I've lived all over the place. Like I've lived in Madison, Wisconsin, and I've lived in Seattle. And um, obviously now I live here in Minneapolis. And this is starting to look more and more like it's going to be my permanent home. Wow. (laughs) Um, But not this townhouse. No, no. (laughs) Make no fucking mistake. This will not be my long term home <laughs> because right. it's it's probably well, you guys have plans you know yeah we do we do yeah, we'll figure big it out plans. so this is temporary this is just a, a temporary sacrifice so that we can get something better in the future but um yeah it's it's definitely an adjustment for me and I realized while I was doing this whole process of like you know you've got we're, we're combining two households and we both have lived on our own for a couple of years at this point. And so our homes are both full of things. And now we have to like, like he has to clear stuff out to make room for me. I had to let go of a lot of things, which actually was really liberating to like, like minimize the amount of just stuff that I have. Oh, yeah. Um, You you don't know how much you accumulate over the years. Like you just have no idea. Especially if you stay in one place for more than a couple of years, like you just like, I don't know, like you just hoard stuff and you don't even realize that you're hoarding things. Yeah. Well, and every time that we moved, like we didn't really get rid of a lot of stuff because my ex-husband was kind of a hoarder. Like he had a really hard time letting go of things. Right. And so we would just like hire like a semi truck to move all of our stuff, you know? So I, I really had like. 17 years of relationship stuff. Wow. Um, And even like just as I was clearing out closets and like storage closets and things like that, I came across so many things that were like still in my home that were his. Wow. Um, It was kind of amazing how much stuff was still there that I was like, I don't want this, but he probably does. (laughs) So um, that got taken care of. He got all of his things out of my home, like all of his musical equipment and all that jazz and um, I think that happened before our last episode, actually, that that like was all taken care of. But yeah, yeah. So now I'm like completely moved in. And this townhome is probably like maybe two thirds of the square footage of what I lived in by myself before. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> and so I'm just like, you know, it's just an adjustment, like one, learning to share my space and two, like it is, it's just tighter quarters. So Yeah. I mean, he has yeah. his stuff too. And like the, yeah. the kids stuff and like, yeah. com- I feel like combining two homes is always, it's always hard. Cause like, yeah. Like, how do you do that seamlessly without <laughs> hurting someone's feelings or having to yeah. let go of things or I don't know. Well, I have to say like the decor has kind of been like, it, we're, we're, we're working on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you laugh because you've seen, I, I swear to God, I really hope he never listens to this episode. Um, but there are some things that he had here that are just, and still has, there's a couple of things that still got to go. Um, oh, no. But I'm trying to do it like, you know, gently and gradually because... Right. You know, he's kind of attached to some of this stuff, but you can just tell that like a single dude lives here. Like my favorite, my favorite. And maybe we, oh, maybe we can <laughs> post it on our Instagram. Um, I have a picture of this thing somewhere in my phone and I think we should post it on our Instagram. Um, I, does he follow us on Instagram? Shit. <laughs> I don't <Man>. know. <laughs> well, Stay we'll figure tuned. that out after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If if there is no picture on Instagram, it is safe to assume that he follows us on Instagram and we can't post it. Um, but that being said, so 
in front of his television, he had this like I don't know how to describe it. It's it's a it was a Black Panther. Yeah. Um, and it's just a panther. It's just this probably two foot long, like porcelain, like porcelain black panther. <laughs> and it's just like it looks like something out of the movie Cocktails, like from 1987 or whatever year <laughs> that movie was made. And like, I always thought it was like not very cute. And then we had to move it for some reason. And I noticed that this isn't just any regular porcelain black panther oh no oh no this motherfucker <laughs> plugs in and its eyes light up red oh my <laughs> like, god the fuck is that shit and like he ended up be- we had to move it because like oh he got a bigger tv that's what it was so like he had gotten a bigger tv and so we moved it and he put it on the top shelf in the closet on my side or what was going to be my side mm-hmm. and it's sitting up there and i'm just like one night we're sitting there and I'm like, so is that going to stay there? And he was like, well, I don't know what to do with it. I'd like to find a place for it. And I was like, really? And he was like, well, yeah. And he looked at me and he had the most heartbroken look in his eyes. And he's like, you don't like it? Oh, and no. I was like, babe. <laughs> I was like, come on. And he's like, it's an antique. It was my grandfather's. And I'm like, oh, oh my fuck. God. I so, can't. Anyway, the Black Panther, after that conversation, it did disappear. I okay. do not know. I do not know where it went. Oh. But I have I have not seen it since. Huh. And um, but he was definitely like his feelings were hurt. And I actually felt bad about Aww. that. Because like I remember how it felt back when I was married to my ex narcissist. Like if I wanted to decorate like in like with things that I liked that brought me joy he would always be like, Oh, that's ugly or, Oh, that's too girly. And he, and I felt like I never got to make the place like mine. Right. Because everything I liked was ugly in his mind. And so I'm like, I don't want to do that to him, to, to the, to today's boyfriend. Like, I don't want to like reverse that role and like not allow him to keep things that mean something to him. So, you know, right now I'm picking my battles, but I mean, there's some things that just have to go. Like the Black Panther did need to go. Um, we'll probably never speak of it ever again. <laughs> and one day, maybe he will have a man cave and that oh. thing will reappear. In the right. cave and I don't care. But it's never going to be like out in for the public to see in our home. Yeah. <laughs> well, sorry. I mean, it's, it's difficult, too, because um, you're moving into his space and he he had already established his space for a while now and like it's always hard when you move into someone else's space or vice versa it's like mm-hmm. the space is already kind of accounted for so yeah like i think it'll I'm be i'm just kind of like squeezing into i'm just squeezing into little corners right. like wherever i can fit basically for now yeah, yeah. and i think yeah. that once you guys decide you know when you're ready to buy a place or you know, move to another mm-hmm. space, I think it'll be different because then it'll, it'll be more, I guess, collaborative. And I don't think yeah. it'll feel like the way it did, especially yeah. when it this came is, to the Panther. This is definitely, yeah. <laughs> Black <laughs> Panther. I just felt so bad. He looked so heartbroken. But um, yeah. And, you know, the other, I, I forgot what I was going to say. I totally lost my train of thought. It's okay. I just... <laughs> I guess I just I'm I'm just now starting to feel like I belong here, I guess. And oh, I remember what I was going to say that this is my first time like actually moving in with someone. As I like went through the process, I was like hmm. kind of feeling funny about it and I was like that's because I've never actually done this. Like when huh. I met my ex-husband, I was 19 and living at home with my parents. Right. And we'd been dating for like 3 weeks. And he had this giant crisis where he was getting kicked out of his parents' house. Oh, right. And so he had he, to move in. Yeah. So I was like, well, I basically have the whole basement to myself at my parents' <laughs> house and they won't even notice. So you can come stay with me for a few days if you need to. And so he did. And he just never left. Uh, and okay. so like I've never done this whole process of like being an adult and like saying, OK, let's do this thing where we like move in together like, we've been dating for a certain amount of time, and, like, let's move in together. Like, I've, I've never done this process. It's brand spanking new to me, and I w- had some moments where I was really fucking weird about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's a big step. I'm, I don't know. Like, I guess 
I think you and I have a different view on things like this because it's like, it becomes much more, um, I don't know if it's momentous, but we're just, we're definitely more cautious about it, I think, on yeah. like how we approach things and like, it's almost like it's too good to be true or mm-hmm. like we're not deserving of it somehow or I don't know. There's right. always like a second guess. We're waiting for the second shoe to drop and, you know. We're, yeah. like, just holding our breath. I don't know. Yeah, well, also, I mean, gosh, it feels like you guys have been together for a really, really long time. I know. But you it's just It's only been three months. Like, yeah, I think that that is, like, it's totally, I mean, I was starting, I would say at, like, at three months, I, w- I definitely knew I was in love with him. I think that we were saying we loved each other. Not that there's any, like, timeline for these things. And I, and I knew, like, I was like, I see a future with this man. But yeah. we weren't quite talking about moving in together yet and we started to kind of throw around the idea probably at more like the six month mark is when we really started to talk seriously about like this is a thing that we could do maybe like when we're approaching a year that would make sense right um and so really like I ended up moving in I mean I ended up staying here pretty much full-time at about the 11 month mark yeah, and um, you guys... But I wasn't, like, fully moved in until pretty darn close to a year. Yeah, and you guys just hit your one-year anniversary. We did. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, technically, I mean, we're recording this on Monday, the 26th, yeah. and the 27th is technically oh. the anniversary of our first date. Got so it. we just, this past weekend, we went out and kind of celebrated, because, like, what are you going to do I on see. a Tuesday, right? <laughs> I, I think know. our first date was on a Monday night, but it was during a pandemic. Like every day was a weekend during the <laughs> during the shutdown. So like our first date was on a Monday, whatever. Right. Oh. So, but yeah, yeah, we're at one year, which is kind of like I don't know, weird because it's I don't know. I think most people have probably reached that one year mark at some point and you can I think we could all say like it feels like it's been longer, but it also doesn't feel like it's been that long at all. So, yeah. Um. And also just incredible because I st- we still haven't had like, I don't want to say we agree on everything. We do have things we disagree on, but we've not had a fight. Right. But I think like our idea of a fight is like probably not normal because <laughs> I think that healthy couples, ha- they fight, but they don't fight like we did in our past narcissistic relationships, you know? Right. Like, I think we're expecting some, like, really big, drawn-out, blowing-up, you know, (laughs) name-calling, crazy Mm -hmm. shit, you know? But I don't don't know. I'm not sure if it would come to that with my current partner because, like, it just doesn't seem like that would be the nature of our Mm -hmm. arguments. But I don't know. I've gotten mad at him. I've gotten mad at him twice. Okay. That I can remember. And we talked about it. We did. And that yeah. was it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you and I talked about it, but also he and I talked about it. And right. it was fine. Yeah. Like, we just talked about it. And actually, the first time I was mad at him, it was funny because, like, I went back to kind of my old habits, my people-pleasing mentality of, like, I need to just get over this. This is silly for me to be upset about. And because it was over sex. Like, let's just be honest. I mean, we're, we're really open on this podcast. Like, I... One night, like, we were in bed, and we had a movie on, and I wanted to do it. Like, I was making all the moves, which is really weird for me to do. But I'm trying to, like, own my sexuality and, like, not be afraid to initiate. And he, like, shut me down. Yeah. (laughs) And I was so mad because I was like, here I am, like, naked and, like, trying to make out with my boyfriend. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I can't see the TV. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Um, I mean, that's upsetting. Like, I know that that's one thing that they talk about in couples therapy is that um, turning down advances, are it's actually really unhealthy. Yeah. But also, I guess like it's within context too. I mean, you can't expect yeah. somebody to just like be like, okay, every time you know one partner wants to do yeah. it, you know. And I was like wanting to have sex like multiple times a day, and <laughs> he's also a forty-year-old man. Yeah. And I also sleep naked every night, 
I think we've discussed this. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm always naked in bed. So, like... <laughs> So it's not new. That doesn't like me getting into bed naked doesn't mean I'm trying trying to like start something fresh, right? <laughs> so <laughs> in his like dipshit male mind, he's like, we just started a movie <laughs> and it's been a long day and what's she doing? Like right? he's just an idiot. And I love him, but he can be a big dumb lug when it comes to sex sometimes. And like the next, like, I just, I went to sleep. Like, I rolled over and went to sleep. And the next morning, I got up and I got out of bed and I, like, went and took a shower. And in my shower, I was like, okay, you're still kind of upset, but you need to just let this go. Like, I went straight back to my people-pleasing mentality where I was like, I just need to let it go. Like, I can't make mm-hmm. him feel bad for not wanting to have sex and blah, 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 blah. Right? Right. And I got out of the shower and he was sitting in my living room um, and he was like, hey, I think you're still upset. Mm-hmm. We need to talk. And I was like, nope, I'm fine. And like tears started to well up in my eyes. Oh. I'm a horrible liar. <laughs> and also when a girl says she's fine. She's we're not, not fine. fine. <laughs> uh, we're not fine. <laughs> we're, we're dying inside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was like, no, I th- I'm fine. It's okay. And he was like, no, you're not going to do that. Like, come sit down. We're going to talk. And he's like, I feel like I really upset you last night. I feel like I really fucked up. Let's talk. Yeah. And we talked it out. And he was like, I'm so sorry. He's like, I never meant to make you feel undesired or like turned down or anything like that. He's like, I, I never want you to feel rejected and I never want you to feel that way. So I'm right. really sorry. And it's fine. Whatever. I don't have to rehash the whole thing. But I mean, um, it was a trigger like, for you too, like from your previous relationship. So it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't so far fetched, you know? Yeah. And, and your that was feelings still were like, valid. Yeah. Oh, they definitely were. And it was still very early in our relationship. And to me, like, sex was something I needed for validation. And, you know, that might not be so healthy in its own way, but I think it's natural and normal Mm -hmm. based on, like, the history of what you and I have been through, like, to need that physical validation. Because if we don't have a, like, really crazy physical relationship, then we think, oh, where else is he getting it? Right. You know? Right. So... Yeah. Even if we know that couldn't possibly be true, it's still, like, natural to feel that, like, anxious attachment to that physical relationship. Yeah. So. Anyway, but that that's literally the closest thing we've had to a fight in a year. Yeah. And that's what feels, that's what to me is, like, I mean, it's just so easy. It's so easy. Like, yeah. this relationship is not work. But also just Except to go for back. the kids. The kids are work. The kids oh, are fucking work. Oh, yeah, the work. kids are work. Just to go yeah. back to... Like, you know, how we joked about when we say that we're fine, we're not. Like, why do mm. we do that as women? Why do we do that? Like, why do we just say, I'm fine? Like, I yeah, don't know. why it, the fuck do we do that? It's become, like, ingrained as, like, a thing that we do in society. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. We have to always, like, I think, put up this front that we're fine when we're really not. Yeah, I think it is kind of like that societal expectation for women to just be people pleasers. I think that... Not to say that all women are people people pleasers or that no men are people pleasers, but right. I do think that, you know, gender norms, the way that we're brought up as children is that girls are supposed to be sugar and spice and everything nice, right? Yeah. And, you know, if, if something isn't a huge problem, then we should just get over it for the sake of everyone else's feelings. But the thing is, like, it is a huge problem. It's not like, Mm -hmm. like, that was a huge problem for you, you know? I I think we, like, minimize our problems, like you said, just to make other people feel comfortable. But I don't know why we, why the fuck do we do that? And then, like, the whole thing that we do in society with, like, hey, how are you? Great. I'm good. How are you? Like, I'm not good. I'm not great. No, I am not okay. I'm just not okay. Yeah, like, I'm doing terribly. So go fuck yourself. I don't know. Yeah, like why can't that makes we people just say, so uncomfortable? I know, I know. I've done it before, and it just like freaks people out. I know. I yeah. It's it's amazing because I mean I work in the retail industry, and you know if I get the chance to work out on a sales floor and actually like say hello to people. It's it's always interesting to me to see how many people when I say, just say like, hey, how are you doing today? Instead of just like, hi, thanks for blah, blah, blah. Like, thanks for stopping in. Like, yeah. the normal, or what are you looking for today? Like, I'm just like, hey, how's your day going today? 
And it's always really interesting to see how many people are like, I feel like people are more honest now. I know. During a pandemic. Because people will be like, eh, I'm all right. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't think people did that before. And I'm actually like, I'm so proud of you. I don't say, I should say that. That's what I should say. I should say, I'm so proud of you for being honest. How can I make your day better? (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, I'm like, I'm like a little bit, I guess if we could find one glimmering piece out of humanity through this whole thing is that at least people are being more honest about how they feel. Yeah. I mean, I did it before COVID too. And I made someone feel really uncomfortable, but that's just what (laughs) I do. (laughs) I can just see you though. I can just see you. Like somebody asks how you are, how you're doing. And you just like look under like, I was just like terrible eyes. Like, (laughs) yeah. Like you're like angry eyes. I don't know how to describe it. No, I said. You make angry eyes. I do. I do. I do like dead eyes, but. I, I said it in a in a very cheery voice. Oh, like an ironic. <laughs> yeah. She's like, how are you doing? I'm like, terrible. And I was smiling. And she's like, oh. <laughs> she's like, why did you respond that way? And I was like, because it's the truth. And she's yeah. like, well, that's not what you're supposed to say. And I'm like, well, I don't. What? I, yeah. I was like, I don't fucking care what I'm supposed to say. If you don't want to know how somebody's really feeling, why are you asking? Yeah, I'm like, don't ask questions like that. You should be like, like, I don't know, say something else. I don't know. We yeah. should say something else. Like, should, hi, good to, to see you. Another Can, thing. Like, people like that should just say, hi, please pretend that you're having a great day for my sake. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't even say, like, nice to see you because, like, maybe it's not nice to see you. Maybe yeah. it's terrible to see you. Maybe we should just say, hello, <laughs> you are here. <laughs> hello i exist (laughs) and i just like held my hands out in front of me like (laughs) well we don't shake hands anymore so we just like elbow bump yeah (laughs) hi i do air high fives i I do air high fives from like across the room like hi you exist air high five That's actually perfect because that's exactly how And then, how I and then feel. we do the sexy dance. The, is it time to have sex? <laughs> oh, wait, no. no at work, work, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Fired. <laughs> so, no. Oh, man. I wish I could do that. Mm. Um, let's see here. What else? <laughs> I'm trying to think like milestones. We need to talk about what else big has happened in the last well, two months. So I know I, you adjusting to the kids have been yeah. big. Like, do you want to well, talk about you that? too? Like you went on like a trip with your boy. I think we need to talk about you for a minute. Well, yeah, we went to Seattle, your your old stomping mm-hmm. grounds, and yeah, it was for my birthday, which which had passed. It's at the end of March, so I'm in Aries. Mm-hmm. Obviously. (laughs) And, um, yeah, it's like the second trip that I went, you know, like flying during COVID and this is like a longer flight. Mm -hmm. So I was like even more anxious about it, but Mm -hmm. it was nice because like, um, I think Delta was still doing the, the no middle seat thing. So we had a whole Mm -hmm. row to ourselves. So like the flight was just like easier because I had someone there with me and, Mm -hmm. He just has, like, this really calming, grounding energy that, like, no matter what happens, I just always feel safe and super calm. And mm-hmm. I have never felt that way in any relationship ever. Like, ever. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's always some sort of tension or uneasiness or, like, oh, God, like, what if they're upset? Or, like, oh, like, what if yeah. they're, you know not happy with the way I'm doing this or like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like there's always like anxiety surrounding things in a relationship. And I, I don't feel any of that, which is so astounding. Well, you know that like, you know that he's got your back and you trust and feel safe. And it's, it is a totally different feeling that I don't think you can identify until you're in it. Yeah. Um, and and I and even then, like I don't always know how to describe it other than just describing those instances where I feel it, like describing right. the scenario. So like for you it's you know, you were you were on a plane and normally that would have given you some anxiety, like just being around people, being close to people, all their germs, throw a little pandemic into that melting pot, and we've got 
you know, breeding grounds for a true anxiety attack. But, right. you know, you just felt more calm and at ease and you knew that you were safe with him. And like it, it relieved that compounding anxiety. Yeah. So, it's so that's great. It was great. Like the, the ride there was great. Flying back was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. He just like, he's just like you said, just like there. And yeah. we hung out with his family. Um, so his family lives in Seattle for the most part. And then they kind of go back and forth from there to New York. Um, mm-hmm. But like we got to hang out, with, hang out with them. And then we spent time alone. But like the city was really weird because like everything was shut down. Mm-hmm. Like it was weird. Like things were open. But like the city was just so desolate. It was like kind of like yeah. a ghost town. And huh. Like, he was explaining that, you know, most of the people there work in tech, so they really don't have a reason to leave their homes other than to, like, grab lunch or, I don't know, like, walk their Mm -hmm. dogs, because everyone has a dog there, apparently. Like, (laughs) literally everyone has a (laughs) dog. (laughs) Yeah, Seattle is one of the most dog-friendly cities in the the country, I believe. Yeah, and I've I've been to Seattle twice before that, and it it was, like, such a different energy, but even though that was the case like it was still very romantic and like we got to spend some time alone in the hotel for a few days and then we went to um we drove down to cannon beach in oregon and Ugh, the yeah, goonies beach it's so <laughs> beautiful it was so beautiful mm-hmm. and then i got to catch up with like a f- old friend from college and then we you know spent some time with the family again because like they were there also because like we did our own exploration and then like we kind of did activities together and then uh, drove back and then spent a couple more days in Seattle. And this time we stayed in his family's apartment just for a couple nights. And then we flew back and yeah. it was just nice. Like we, we cooked for them. I baked them cupcakes. Um, his yeah, mom. And you got to know his family <laughs> a little bit better during that, during that yeah. trip too, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Like so this time good. we finally got to bond and like get to know each other. And mm-hmm. it was just really nice and very relaxing. Um, And then we came back and that was like pretty good too. Like, I don't know, like there was nothing weird about it, which is so weird because like we don't, we don't really know each other that well or that long enough, but it's like, I feel like I've known him forever. Yeah. I don't know. And like, Mm. even now, like when we're not together, it feels weird. Right. And he says it all the time too. Like, it's like, it's weird when you're not here. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. It's just really sweet. Yeah. And good. Yeah. <laughs> warm love, fuzzies. Warm fuzzies. I love his face. Kind of along <laughs> along those same lines about the safety and trust. I wanted to circle back to that because I have kind of like a similar story. I don't I don't know if like it would help for people to hear kind of those signs of, of feeling that way. I don't know. I just yeah. feel like I want to share it. Um but we were we had gone to visit his aunt. He's super, super close with his aunt. She's more like a mom to him. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause he's got some different family dynamics that we don't need to go into. That's his business, but he's super, super close with his aunt and he spends a lot of time like going to visit her. She comes to visit him quite a bit, but she lives about two hours away into like Wisconsin mm-hmm. and we had gone to visit her and we were driving back. I think this was in March and it started like blizzarding, like, while we were trying to get out of her place and oh, we wow. knew we had to hit the road because like otherwise we were going to get snowed in and we both needed to work the next day. And so, and I think we'd gotten like where she lived. I think that like a solid foot of snow had fallen already. Oh wow. And so we had to like drive through this blizzard and normally like I'm a super control freak when it comes to driving. I think you can relate to this Sue. Like you like to be in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been on road trips with you where you're just like, Nope, I'm driving. And I and I'm usually that person. And at least with you, like, I'm like, I'll let Sue drive because I trust Sue. But also I do have to ride in the front seat. I need to be able to see what's going on and right. backseat drive from where I'm at. So because <laughs> I need to have the control. So anyway, we're driving through this blizzard. Like I'm looking around and there's like other cars that are like in the ditches and stuff. And normally this is when I would be like like death Panicking. gripping the sides of the door and yeah. like trying to control and tell him where to drive. You know what I did? I, fe- I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. I fell asleep on the airplane. Fell which asleep. Which I don't do. 
I fell asleep in his car while he's driving through a blizzard. And like I woke up and we were home. Yeah, that is a <laughs> he was very like, good indication of safety and trust. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I felt safe enough with this man driving in a blizzard that I was able to just sleep in the car because I hadn't slept well the night before. So because we slept in like a fold away bed that was not OK. So yeah. anyway, just an example of that. Um, and, and yeah, the kids, I mean, the kids are the kids are an adjustment. You started to kind of yeah. touch on that. Right. Um, I, I I think that might be a whole episode in itself, like okay. talking about the adjustment because the kids are awesome. Like his kids, every every child is special in their own way, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and his he does have I don't I mean I don't want to share too much of his personal information, but right you know some of his kids do have special needs mm-hmm. and um and so it is a little bit of a different circumstance than just moving in with like four normal kids. Um, and what's normal? Like, let's be real. And what's, yeah, what's fucking normal anyway? I shouldn't say normal, but I should say neurotypical children. How about, let's say that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and his children are not all neurotypical. So, um, it's, it's, and I don't want to say that it's a bad thing because it's not necessarily a bad thing. It is definitely challenging me and I am learning and I am growing. Right. And. Well, you went from having no kids to four kids. So. Yeah. That's a yeah. huge adjustment. <laughs> it's funny because those words literally came out of his, like, literally those are the words that came out of his <laughs> mouth when I was having a meltdown a week ago. Oh, my God. Um, he, like, came in the room and he was like, you went from no kids to four kids. And that's a lot for you to take on. You need to be gentle with yourself and stop expecting yourself to be perfect. Right. And because that's what I do. Like I put my I put so much pressure on myself to get everything right the first try and to just be perfect from go. And I moved in and thought I'm just going to be this amazing stepmom figure because I'm obviously not officially a stepmom and who knows if I ever will be. But like. I just I can't I can't do that. And so in a way, it's teaching me something. It's teaching me to not be so damn hard on myself and to have some patience and grace for myself. Right. That I thought I had already learned, but clearly I have not. So I think it's an ongoing thing that we have to keep keep reminding ourselves because like we forget. You know, you get yeah. caught up in like the moments like these moments and then you're like, oh like why am I not getting this right? Like I should know this mm-hmm. by now. But This is like brand spanking new territory for you. Like it's not even remotely close to anything that you've experienced before. Like it's not like having a cat or a dog or, you know, like (laughs) you don't don't have a kid of your own. So you have like nowhere to even like start from. Mm -hmm. So. And I thought like because I'm an aunt that maybe that gave me. No, that's totally different. Totally different. (laughs) (laughs) No. And also like. I get it now. Like, I used to get so mad at people when they would get, like, annoyed by me saying that, like, my dog is, like, having a kid. Because, I mean, I I did love, my dog was, and I get it, like, we all love our dogs. Like, my dog was my world. I still sleep with his ashes next to my bed. I'm that, like, creepy about it. Um, I still talk to him sometimes. Like, my dog was, like, my world. And so I get it. Like, I get loving your animals. But... I also understand why parents can sometimes get a little ruffled when animal people are like, they're basically like having kids because I'm like, no, no, it's no, not. no, 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 <laughs> it's, no, it's not. I nope. don't have a kid, but I know that. <laughs> yep. Nope. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I think it's, I think it's a whole episode and I think, I right. think that I need to, you know, circle back with him and find out how much he's okay with me sharing. I right, mean, right, right. Um, That's fair. Because it's. Like, our relationship now is pretty darn public. It wouldn't be that hard to find out who he is and who his children are. So, um, right, right, right. You know, yeah. So, I just, I want to make sure that I respect his privacy and, you know, I, I, I will say though, like, us both being in a healthy relationship, um, mm-hmm. you know, like, you see those like stupid sayings and like those like inspirational quotes about how, like, when you find the right one, um, they won't be easily scared away. And, like, he found the right one. And Mm -hmm. you found the right one. And, like, I felt Mm -hmm. the same way, too, like, with everything going on, like, the past, you know, past couple of months. Like, 
I've been an emotional wreck. Like I am not doing great. But not once was he was like, this is too much. You're too much. I can't do this. Or like, why are you like this? Why can't you just like get over it? Or Mm -hmm. like he has never asked me to change anything about myself. And Mm -hmm. I would never ask him to change anything about himself. Like we just both fully accept who we are and that's it. And like we want to both be the best versions of ourselves for each other and for ourselves and I don't know like combine our lives but never to like take over one one person Mm -hmm. you know or the other other partner like it's just like kind of like a a collaborative effort yeah and I feel like that's what you have yeah you have that with yours and you know I have that with mine and it's amazing. It's a different feeling. Like I, I don't even know how to describe it. Like I really don't. I know. <laughs> I, know. I just, I mean that like just a little over a week ago was like my big, like breaking point where I think that the stresses of work, my languishing and long-term, I, I'd say depression. Over, I think it's I mean, depression more than languishing yeah. at this point. Yeah. Like yeah. languishing. I mean, let's get real guys. I think was like yeah. last year, maybe like, Maybe mm-hmm. during the summer, I was just like, what is life? And I just had no motivation. But like, I don't know if I mentioned that I got diagnosed with ADHD. My therapist has diagnosed me for it. And I need to see a psychiat- psychiatrist to see like, if I need further testing to see like where on the spectrum I am. And mm-hmm. um, he, she just gave me like two more quizzes for depression. And I am depressed. <laughs> So there's that. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff I need to like kind of work on and like unpack with um, her and then possibly a psychiatrist. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's beyond languishing at this point. Like, yeah, I just feel really disconnected from society. I really do. Like, I just don't like with everything going on. Like I'm, you know, obviously I'm Asian and with all the Asian hate and, you know, stuff my mom had to deal with and. I had to deal with like early on and like, you know, I'm going back to work and I'm out in the public more often now. And I just like, I'm constantly looking over my shoulder. I'm like, I'm just paranoid all the time. And I, I was always paranoid before just being a woman, you (laughs) know, but now it's like this extra added layer of, I don't know, like uncertainty and like panic and stress. And also like, full on rage. Like I feel fucking angry so often and like so intensely, like multiple times throughout the day. And and I, that's not healthy. Like I know it's not healthy, but I just can't help it. I like look around and I see people doing really stupid, selfish, selfish things and like disgusting things that they have no regard for the people around them. Like, I'm just like, why are you like this? And mm-hmm. it makes me so angry. Like, why are people like this? It's disgusting. I'm constantly disgusted and angry with society and with people. And yeah. I don't know if you experience that, but, like, I feel that on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, I do. I think that, you know, you obviously have some added stress and fear and anxiety with, you know, the racial tensions that are going on right now like I have the privilege of not being afraid of being you know physically harmed for the color of my skin or my ethnicity um and so it's you know all I can do with that is listen and try to be a great ally but I can't ever say that I understand how that feels um but I will say that anger over like people being really stupid yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. Um, yeah. And also just hopelessness and yes, hopelessness. a very like a very like, what's the point? What's kind the of fucking attitude. point? Seriously. Let's yeah. think about it. Let's like let's unpack that shit because it's like it's like a full on existential crisis. It really. is. What are you we know? doing? What the yeah. fuck are we doing? We can't yeah. even afford to buy a house. Yeah. Like, I know. What are we doing? We're working for what we have nothing to show for it Mm -hmm. you know like us as millennials like 
you know, the few that are fortunate enough to make over six figures or like high six figures and like they're able to, you know, achieve the so-called American dream or at least the dream that our parents were afforded, you know, and not even my parents because my parents were immigrants. So I don't even have that luxury. Right. So like for me, it's just like it's so frustrating because I just see glass ceiling after glass ceiling after glass ceiling, no matter what. It doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm I'm 36 years old now. It's like how much more life experience do I need in order for me to have enough experience to achieve what I need to achieve? Right. You know, like, what the fuck do you want from me is is really the question. <laughs> yeah. Like, how much more do you want from me in order for me to be able to live comfortably? And like, what does that even mean? Like, comfortably, like, I just accumulate a bunch of shit that I have to, like, move from place to place or, like, get rid of eventually at some point. Like, why do we live like this? I don't know. We're just consuming. And that, And that's my, like, I think... I was almost happier during like the shutdown, like the pandemic shutdown and quarantine. I mean, at first I lost my mind. I think we all did. Like yeah. we all went through phases of this, right? Like right. I went through probably about three weeks of like really crazy heavy drinking that was like completely out of control and unhealthy. Um, but then I like found a sense of calm and peace and like I enjoyed going out for bike rides and hikes and just doing things that brought me joy. And sure, I had some loneliness, but at the same time, like, I was okay, like, not working, <laughs> to be honest. Like, I do love my job most of the time. Yeah. Um, but, but why I... are we expected to constantly be productive yeah. and constantly produce? Why do I, I have that, to occupy yeah. so much of my time doing what? What am I doing? Oh my God. What's it's a, what's the fucking point kind of mentality. And I, and I am right there with you. Like I definitely have that. And as much as I do love what I do, I still have moments where I'm like, why? But it's such a shallow, like it's such a shallow. It is. Like I, I always thought that I was, and I think that this is where like I've disappointed myself, which has caused me some of this anxiety. Cause like, I always thought that I'd be somebody that would make an impact and I am right there with I, you. And I feel like, and not, and that's almost like a narcissistic way of thinking, right? Like I'm going to make a big difference in the world, but I do want to do some good in the world. And right. sometimes I worry that I'm not, you know, <laughs> I, kind of, I kind of teeter between wanting to be like, like, like you said, make an impact and like make a difference in the world. And like people know who I am, but then I'm yeah. also like, I just want to be, be like I just want Mm -hmm. to live without having to constantly struggle and to constantly be on survival mode like I've been in survival mode forever yeah have a better balance like I think about like you know there's some countries in Europe I don't I don't know what country specifically like I'm no expert but I know that there are other countries like I have friends from New Zealand for example and I believe they get like six weeks of vacation a year yeah. And like, that's just normal. They don't work like they don't have like crazy high paying six figure jobs. They work like normal jobs, um, probably like similar to what I do. Not like the same, you know, trade, but like similar, I would say, in terms of like demographically where they sit, like about the same, whatever. Right. Um, but they get like six weeks of vacation. That's like the bare minimum. And like every other year they go on like a great big trip to America and they spend like a month just hanging out, doing their thing. And, um, they go on like big trips all the time. Well, at least they used to before the pandemic. Um, and it's like, that's the norm. And it's like, we're lucky if we get two weeks paid vacation. Well, I am lucky to have unlimited PTO luckily where I work, but I don't think that's the point. It's just that I guess in my perspective, it's a little bit different. Like I feel Mm -hmm. like I have lived a life of survival and I have been surviving for a very long time. And I've reached a point where I felt somewhat comfortable. But if I were to lose my job like tomorrow, I would be poor. Like I would lose my apartment. Like I have no fallback. So Mm -hmm. it's like to me... It's like, why do I have to live this way? 
Right. You know, like, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to be. Why is it so hard to get ahead? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to be, like, a billionaire. Like, I don't even need that much money. Like, I just want Mm -mm. to live to the point where, like, if I did lose my job, I can still live comfortably for six months until I can find a new job. And I don't have Mm -hmm. to scramble and, like, stress and, like, worry panic yeah yeah like have some savings you know maybe have some assets like like a home that I'm like paying (laughs) for I don't know you know (laughs) why is home ownership like so crazy hard it's so fucking unattainable and I don't understand Mm -hmm. why and I still have student loan debt like you and I both do and it's like yeah why are we living like this and you know it's like the structures were built there Like, somebody made this happen. It's Mm -hmm. not that, like, it just happened because we were dicks. Like, that's not how it works. It's like the system is built this way so that it's just like this. And we just get fucked. Mm -hmm. There is no middle class. No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, I think we are both definitely in in a tough, tough place. So, um, mentally, and that's something that I, that you're going to be hearing from us. Like, and that's part of why, that's part of why we're starting this up again, because we both are in such a, what's the fucking point kind of place and doing this for both of us led to some outlet and led to some like healthy connection to the outside world. Because, you know, it's, I think there's something empowering about, you know, hearing our stories and hearing some kind of connection to that of like, oh shit, like I feel that way or I've been through that. And then for us to hear your stories, like I love when a listener shares, we've gotten so many stories from other listeners about right. their crazy ex-narcissist husbands or boyfriends. And um, like, there's just, there's power in realizing that you're not alone. Right. And, and to speaking your truth and your story and putting it out there. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So that's part of why we're back. I mean, we always planned to come back, but both both of us kind of hit a wall this week. Um, we were texting late night a couple nights ago, and we're just like, "Fuck this! Like, fuck this world! Fuck this noise!" Like, and so why sick are of it. we expected to? Why are we expected to be okay? Like, they're like, yeah, it's been a year. That's the other thing. Vaccines are coming out. Like, you guys should just, like, things are co- going slowly, going back to normal. You guys should just be okay. I'm like, first of all, what the fuck is normal? And it is not normal. And it mm-hmm. wasn't normal before. Like, now we're seeing things in a different light. And mm-hmm. it was fucked before. We were just too fucking tired to see it. You yeah. know, we were, we were, like, working ungodly amount of hours and, like, just grinding all the time that we just didn't know. Yeah. Or we well, didn't like, care. So many other so many other things have become so much more amplified too. Like right. you know I mean, I I make no secret I live in Minneapolis and I I think you'd have to be living under a rock to not know like what's going on in this city in terms of racial tensions. Yeah. Um and I mean, shoot, like we always knew that there was a problem. Um, but I think that my privilege blinded me a little bit to how deep and true the problems really were. And now it's like so real and so blaring, so glaring, I guess. It's hard to ignore. But it's like, yeah, it's like, no, like the world has changed. And a lot of things have stayed the same. In fact, a lot of shit's gotten even harder. But at the same time, like I'm, I guess for lack of a better word, I'm more woke now, which also makes me more depressed. Yeah. Um, which I don't need anybody to feel sorry for me for that because like, seriously, my problems are probably nothing compared to some problems of a lot of other people. Um, but for someone to just expect everybody to be okay, it's like, no, humanity has Humanity's gone through some not shit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're not, o- like, none we, of us are okay. Nobody's okay. And people that say they're okay are like, they're in denial. I don't know. They're or languishing. Maybe they're on really good drugs. Yeah. Give us some. And I, yeah. Give Share. Me. Give me. <laughs> you know, I, I read a, I read a statistics, a statistic the other day that if you consume mushrooms, like if you have a high consumption of mushrooms, um, 
that that means that you are you decrease your risk of cancer by 45%. Oh wow. I'm sure they meant like regular like shrooms? mushrooms that you like no, I'm oh. sure they mean like regular <laughs> mushrooms that you like put on a salad or like on your pizza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like in a cream of mushroom soup. Um <laughs> But I read that and immediately thought, hmm, I need shrooms. <laughs> Maybe I need to get some shrooms and start doing that more regularly. No, just kidding. <laughs> I don't do drugs, kids. Um, we don't do drugs. I don't do drugs. Um, I might do drugs. Maybe I should. <laughs> I think we all should. <gasps> oh, my God. Okay. On that note, um, I feel like we should wrap it up here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I think, I think we're going to take this episode though and expand it into more uh, because I, I really feel like we have a topic of like new, I don't want to call it stepmom role, but like new like relationships with kids and how that all goes. Um, We might involve some guests And I know that Sue has a guest that she wants to bring on the show. I personally have a guest that I'd like to get on the show um, about other topics as well. And Mm -hmm. then I think that I think that we also need to maybe have like not that either one of us is an expert, but I think we need to talk about like pandemic depression and how real it still is. And I think we need to like expand on it. Yeah. So existence um, is pain. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, existence is pain. And and you know how that can impact relationships because ultimately this is like a relationship kind of podcast. Like we started this podcast talking about our broken marriages from narcissistic serial yeah. cheaters. I feel like it can um, be grouped to like society societal issues yeah. too, you know. But it's also like navigating the world as a woman or a human in your mid to late thirties <laughs> and you know, this is the reality of what we live in right now. So I think we take this episode, we're going to expand it and touch on these subjects over the course of the season. And we have some other fun stuff we're going to talk about, but I think this wraps up for just, Hey, we're back. We're back. Episode bitches. One, season two. Yep. Yeah. Bitches. <laughs> bitches. I mean, hi, we exist. Hi. <laughs> Hi, I exist. (laughs) I think we have an episode title. Yeah. (laughs) Air high fives. Hi, I exist. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah. By the way, follow us on Twitter. Uh, Instagram is probably where we're the most active. Um, And Facebook, First Wives Pod for all of them. And... If you feel a connection or, you know, want to share a story or just want to give us a virtual air high five, you can also reach out to us at firstwivespod at gmail.com for email is absolutely welcome as well. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. Thanks so much, everyone. Till next time. Bye. Bye.